Let's read together 1 Samuel chapter 3. In this chapter, we have the call of Samuel by the Lord to the office and ministry of prophet. 1 Samuel chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears, or your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. So Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He answered, Here I am. And he said, What is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things he said to you. Then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Let's begin our study of this chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 3, with some background notes. We've already mentioned that Samuel is often called the last judge and first prophet in Israel. By saying that he was the first prophet, we don't mean that there were no prophets in Israel before Samuel. God called Abraham a prophet back in Genesis chapter 20. This is where God told Abimelech, who had taken Sarah into his harem, remember, to restore Sarah to Abraham. I'm reading Genesis chapter 20, verse 7. God said to Abimelech, Now therefore restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you shall live. A prophet, by definition, is one who speaks to the people for God in contrast to the priest who speaks to God for the people. That's the basic difference between a prophet and a priest. So there were many prophets before Samuel, that is, men who spoke to the people for God. But the office of prophet 
had not yet been established in Israel. Samuel is called by God to the prophetic office and begins the great tradition of the prophets in Israel. So Samuel is a transition between the judges and the prophets in Israel. He is a bridge between the time of the judges and the time of the prophets. Now, two scriptures in the book of Acts are significant in this connection. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 20, when Paul was relating the history of Israel to the Jews at Antioch of Pisidia, he said, after that, he gave them judges for about 450 years until Samuel the prophet. Acts 13, 20. And back in Acts chapter 3, verse 24, when Peter spoke to the crowds in the temple area, after the healing of the lame man, he said, Acts 3.24, Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. Acts 3.24. So Samuel is the beginning of the great prophetic tradition in Israel. And here in chapter 3 of 1 Samuel, we have his official call to be a prophet by the Lord himself. The chapter begins by saying that the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. That is, during the times of the judges, the moral and spiritual conditions were so bad that people were not open to listening to the Lord and his word. Hannah and Ruth and the godly remnant in Israel were small in number in those days. But God in his grace raised up Samuel, to begin the time of the prophets. And so by the end of the chapter, we read the good news about a turn in the right direction for Israel and the end of the dark days of the judges. Verse 19, So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. That is, the people listened. Verse 20, And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, that is, throughout the whole land of Israel, knew that Samuel had been established, as a prophet of the Lord. And verse 21, Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, that's where the tabernacle was located, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. The fact that God called Samuel when he was a child is significant and certainly has some lessons for us. And that brings us to our doctrinal teaching points for 1 Samuel chapter 3. So doctrinal or teaching point number one, God can commune with children. God can commune with children. Samuel is probably about 12 years old at this point because verse 15 indicates that he was old enough to be in charge of opening the doors of the house of the Lord. But he was still a young boy because verse 7 indicates that Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. That is, Samuel did not yet know the Lord in a personal way. He loved the Lord, and he obeyed the Lord, and he served the Lord, but he did not yet know the Lord as far as personal communion and communication. But that was about to change, as the Lord would speak to Samuel and communicate his word to him. Late one night, or early one morning, before the oil lamps of the tabernacle lampstand had burned out, Samuel heard the voice of the Lord, but he did not recognize that it was the Lord calling him. Samuel, Samuel, the double use of the name indicated that this was an important matter. Samuel thought that it was Eli calling, and he went to the high priest, but Eli said, no, I have not called you, Samuel, go back to bed. 
After three times of the same scenario, Eli perceived that it must be God calling Samuel. And he counseled Samuel to say the next time, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And sure enough, the Lord called again, and Samuel answered, and the Lord spoke with Samuel and revealed his plans to Samuel to remove Eli as the high priest. Now let me ask you, was Samuel old enough to handle such news? Answer, yes, because God thought so. God can commune with children, even about unpleasant topics. Some Christians are afraid to speak to children about hell, for example. Listen, children can understand hell. In fact, God can use the doctrine of hell to speak to children and bring them to himself in salvation. You know, I'm constantly amazed at some of the insights children have into the Bible. It shows that they are open to the Word of God and listening to God speak. Just the other day, our five-year-old grandson, John, asked if there was something special about the number seven in the Bible. Well, we were able to explain to him that, yes, there is something special about the number seven in the Bible. It shows that children are open to the Word of God and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. God can commune with children. Doctrinal point number two, God can work through children. God can work through children. God gave Samuel a job to do that some folks would say was not for children. Why did God pick young Samuel to tell Eli of the judgment that was coming? Why not? God can work through children. Furthermore, it would certainly seem that young Samuel was aware of the sinful activity of Hophni and Phinehas. After all, it was going on right there in the tabernacle complex, and yet Eli did nothing about it. Samuel undoubtedly would have been aware of the man of God in chapter 2 that had come to warn Eli and pronounce judgment on his priesthood because of his family failures. It must have grieved Samuel's young soul to see that still Eli did nothing to correct the situation. Hophni and Phinehas were not removed from office, and they continued to practice their wickedness in public. So God worked through Samuel to bring this final message of judgment to Eli. This was not an easy job for Samuel. Verse 15 says that Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But under Eli's authority, Samuel told Eli everything, and Eli humbly submitted to this message of judgment from the Lord through Samuel. You know what the sad thing is here? The sad thing is that Eli still did nothing to stop the flagrant and immoral sins of Hophni and Phinehas. As God worked through young Samuel in the Old Testament days of the judges, so God can work through children today. There are many homes where God has worked through the children to bring the whole family closer to the Lord. And there are many classrooms where God has worked through godly children to refute evolution and secular philosophy. Many illustrations could be given here, and I'm sure you have many examples that you could share with me. Remember the biblical story of Naaman the leper. I'm reading 2 Kings chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids, and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. 
Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. We see that God used a little girl to bring Naaman the Syrian general in contact with the king of Israel and the prophet Elisha in order to be healed of his leprosy by the God of Israel. God can work through children. Practical application from 1 Samuel chapter 3. Have you ever prayed, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening? Have you ever prayed, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening? Eli gave Samuel good advice. Samuel was to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Samuel was not to say, give me my heart's desire, Lord, or help me with my problems, Lord, which are certainly legitimate prayer requests, but Samuel was to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now, the Hebrew word listening here means to hear with a view to obeying. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Too often we pray for the Lord to meet our needs and help us with our problems, along with our prayers of praise and thanksgiving, and this is wonderful. But what about our willingness to listen and obey? even when it is hard and unpleasant. So this is a challenging question, isn't it, for all of us? Have you ever prayed, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening? 